Hey everyone, before we start this week, um, there's something I want to talk about first. For those of you who check, each week we include the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the show notes. The number is 1-800-273-8255. And online you can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Both are there if you're having some trouble if you're experiencing some mental duress that could possibly lead to self-harm or worse. They're also there for those of you who know someone, if you're concerned about a friend or loved one who might be suffering. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline will help you locate resources in your area so that your friend or loved one can get some help. I can't assume that everyone goes through depression or experience suicidal thoughts, but I personally have felt both throughout my lifetime and continue to (laughs) to this very day but I've been blessed that my occurrences have been manageable both through therapy and medication I'd say the biggest challenge in me starting to feel better about my life was overcoming that initial sense of shame and guilt and just asking for help and then giving that help a chance but then when I realized that taking care of myself is a priority and a cause worth chasing Then I saw I really shouldn't believe anything or anybody who'd make me want to continue feeling like shit or being ashamed that I didn't want to feel like that anymore. After then, I was able to take that first step and getting through the bad. But I'm not a medical professional. I'm just some DJ on a podcast of music about monsters and stuff. If you need to talk to somebody anytime, 24-7, call 1-800-273-8255. You don't have to be on the edge to call, but if you think that's where you're going, please give them a call. They'll help you find support and help you get through the dark times to see a better day. Once again, the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Broadcasting from a remote corner of the front office of Grave Diggers Local 16, it's Six Foot Plus, the podcast of music and more for those who like it spooky. Hoy cumple siete años. Ya eres su nombre. Entierra tu primer juguete y el retrato de tu madre.
Powering through the week towards the end, fueled by coffee and sheer determination, this is The Station, and I'm Strange Jason, curator of this, Six Foot Plus. Thank you for hitting that download button on this, a spotlight of the monster music genres of psychobilly, horror punk, demented surf, and all those in between. New shows pop up Friday, unless I feel like taking a week off. But if I push myself to get a new episode out to you, you can find it on iTunes, on mobile smartphone apps, and over at sixfootplus.com. That's also where you can sign up for the Six Foot Plus Dispatch, a weekly reminder email that lets you know to go and download the show. Plus, I'll include some notes, some interesting trivia tidbits here and there. Over at the website, you'll also find links to all the social media web pages, like facebook.com slash sixfootplus, at sixfootpluspodcast on Instagram, and on Twitter, it's at sixfootplus. The number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. Thanks for joining in on the show, listener. I know it was a bit of a heavy start at the beginning, but we're going to be light as a feather, stiff as a board. Innuendo. We may talk about dead and murderous creatures and villains on this show, but the point is to celebrate the monsters in our movies, our stories, and in our music, while defeating those in our head. I want you to stick around for as long as possible, and to find those kind of things that give you a reason to smile. And I hope you're laughing like a loon by the end of this program. Monster Matt Patterson's taking the week off, but don't you fret. We've got the triumphant return of Heather Buckley, expert extraordinaire, in the start of a new season of Heather Buckley's Obscurities, plus an eclectic array of music that I've thrown together at the very last minute. Back Alley Barbers, Mad Marge and the Stonecutters, the Kings of Outer Space, and much more. We started the show off with the Mexican Weirdos with El Bueno, El Malo, y El Weirdo. Ah, and speaking of weirdo, <laughs> technically it's strange, but strange it is, and strange is my head. Right now, it feels all swollen and puffy. Ugh, the first half of June's always a bit of a horrible month with the changing of seasons as we get into the horrendous oppression that is summertime. Adjusting to the new seasons, the new weather, the allergies, it feels like my brain is caught up in a vice. Yow! So this week, I might not talk as much as I have in the past couple of episodes, but well, we've still got some good programming for you this month, so do subscribe and enjoy the ride. So with music, I have to give a big thanks to Craig Chaos. He reminded me about this next band, The Zombie Suckers. So once again, hey, thanks, Craig. So here now, the zombie suckers and their song, We're Only In It For The Brains. Medical authorities in Cumberland have concluded that in all cases, the killers are eating the flesh of the people they murder.
freaks, geeks, and weirdos. It's your old pal, Tomb Dragomir, from Tomb TV on YouTube, at YouTube slash Tomb Dragomir. Check me out. You're listening to Six Foot Plus, you crazy bastard. What's the difference between you and a corpse? Style. And let me tell you, the dead have a leg up on you because they've been using the power of voodoo. That's right. They've been going to VoodooSugar.com. Over there, they've got pins, bags, teas, stuff for the kids, stuff for the crypt. Why? They're the coolest stiffs around. Are you going to let that cadaver make a kook out of you? Well, fear not. Voodoo Sugar is for the living, too. VoodooSugar.com. Cool swag for the living and living dead. Just one chance to prove herself 
in the rain by the independents off of their new album go buy it won't ya before them were the back alley barbers and necromancers a little bit of overdue business i'm now starting to get around to it did you see that monster kit radio celebrated 100 episodes i think they're also celebrating their one year anniversary derek that man is a machine and a scholar a dangerous combination if ever there was one so be like me and catch up on what you have to by Downloading all the episodes of Monster Kid Radio. Hey, forego that beach reading and load up on the podcast. Get one of those overpriced Blu-ray jam boxes that look like a medicine pill and listen to some discussions of classic horror while out in the sun. Or get a beach umbrella. That's what I do. Plus, Dr. Gangreen has been a repeat guest on Monster Kid Radio. And he's starting up a new project where he goes down the sci-fi, horror, and fantasy films of Vincent Price. The Fantastic Films of Vincent Price, debuting on the 10th. We'll keep you informed of where it goes and maybe even play a little audio of it on this show. But do go and get on the ground floor by joining the Dr. Gangrene Physician of Fright Facebook group. Just search for it. I think you're capable of doing that. I believe in you. All right, back to the music. These guys are coming out with a new album, The Lurking Corpses, and they have a new video to get some buzz going. And really, they're incredible live. Very charismatic for such hideous, grotesque creatures. <laughs> right now, The Lurking Corpses, Freaky Demon. I have done well. She is perfect. A disciple who mirrors my own image. The essence of evil. Whoa! about her. No cloven fool. Whether she is a Greek goddess, so is she a devil. It was as if she were overpowered by the She loved the game men played with death. When death must win.
house is the place to go Cats like us for retro clothes Cats like us is the place to be Downtown to wander on Main Street Come to Cats Like Us for all your rockabilly and retro clothes. Visit us at 67 Main Street, Tonawanda, New York, or catslikeus.com. was the kings of outer space with Sugar Muffin was a werewolf. And before them, Silverhounds with Live Fast. Hey, the Silverhounds have a new album out. Did you know? I didn't. It completely flew underneath my radar. Jeez, if only there was some kind of recap of all the music that has come out this year so far. Hmm, maybe someone will mention something about that in a little bit. Yeah, we can't talk about that right now. It's the return of Heather Buckley's Obscurities. Man, it's been a while since she's been on the show, but Miss Heather has been hard at work saving horror from itself. But we were able to actually find some time to sit down and talk a bit. The audio might be a little bit funny since I think my equipment is possessed or needs repossessing. I'm not entirely sure. I have to go and talk with somebody about that. While I go repo a go-go, sit yourself down and get educated with this, Heather Buckley's Obscurities. Heather Buckley's Obscurities. Normally, I would trek out to Buckley Manor, located in the heart of scenic New Jersey. But this time around, we're here in my corner of the front office with the one and only Heather Buckley. Hello. Heather is a journalist, a writer, and a filmmaker. Her writing has been featured in Fangoria and Dread Central, and she has worked on the films Circus of the Dead, Dead Still, and We Are Still Here. In Heather Buckley's Obscurities, we aim to bring films that have been 
overlooked or ignored and give them a second chance at the spotlight. So what are we going to talk about this time, Heather? We're going to talk about this great film called Waxworks. Waxworks. By Anthony Hickox. Now, there's a film that, uh, that, that came out called Cabin in the Woods, which I can compare it to. Okay. Cabin in the Woods, of course, is this uh, film about these, these artifacts that these uh, bunch of kids had to deal with or pick from the bottom of, bottom of a cabin mm-hmm. to cause... It's, it's, it's odd to talk about because they're trying to cause a, a meta-transformation in the horror world. It's like the jock, the drug addict, the virgin. These sort of things had, had to happen mm-hmm. to, sort of, to bring about what they would consider sort of not having the, the, the apocalypse have it, happen. And, of course, the folks underneath, underneath the earth had to make sure these sacrifices happened all over the world. Well, before that, yeah. in 1988, uh, Anthony Hickox brought us a film called Waxworks. Now, Waxworks was about all these enchanted objects, which belong to, of course, very famous monsters, mm-hmm. and this guy, played by uh, David Warner, yeah. had in a wax museum. So he gets all these different kids... One's a virgin, one's a jock, you know, all your different people. But back in 1988, it wasn't really a metatrope. No, it not was like, more like sincere. Yeah, like, not like what you're dealing with in Cabin in the Woods or what you would deal with in Scream or even or even, even Behind the Mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's more of a ironic or like the meta reference joke. Look at us, we're so cool. We're breaking down the horror tropes where back then they were setting the tropes. They were, they were setting the tropes. So when Zach Galligan and Deborah Foreman are in your film, you're just... There, there, there's a, there's a real heart that that's going on, an authenticity to your, to your horror film. There's no winking or nudging to the audience. So mm-hmm. all these, all these uh, characters get together. They spend their their time in the in the wax museum, and each one of them sort of is very curious by it. They walk into the into the into the setting, and they go into that world. And you have a werewolf world, you have a zombie world, you have edgy for its time, the Marquis de Sade, which oh, of course really? the you have the virgin going in, going into it. Of course. And you have a, a cameo by the director himself, Anthony Hickok, in that one. That's the one, of course, Deborah Foreman go, go, goes into. And we'll, oh. we'll we'll talk about her again in uh, another one of the films on the podcast for this uh, for this, this round. series. Yes, as we know, she's very pretty with her with her blonde hair and her and, and her and her in her innocence. Well, this was the eighties, right? This was the '80s, yeah. She, and I always so. felt that she was sort of like the forgotten sort of screen, the scream queen, because of course she wasn't like Linnea or Br- Brink Stevens, and she didn't scream too much. But she, she was in, she was in pointed uh, horror fair back in back in the day. Mm-hmm. So one by one, the kids go missing, of course, and they yeah. all become part of the waxworks and uh, the, the the designs of the uh, the werewolves and the creatures, and I lo- and I love them very much, and they sort of. Um, You'll see this again in uh, one of the other films we mentioned in the, in the series uh, for Halloween time, mm-hmm. Highway to Hell, is that it deals with something that I, I love very much in the film is the idea of uh, the idea of tableaus. So there isn't a very strong plot in this film. Therefore, it's like it really is. It's like the gathering of souls, but you're creating these little worlds mm-hmm. that happen, and that's sort of. My, 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 my interest in the Waxworks movie. Now, there's two versions that are out there. There's an R and, and there was an, uh, there an unrated version. So when I was very young and, and, and watched it, it was, very, um, it was very important for me to track down the uncut versions of films. I remember trying to find Evil Dead 2, yeah. Letterboxd and Uncut. It was very, oh. very, very important to find that. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this sequence, there is a, there's a vampire sequence. And okay. the, the vampire in the film looks very much like, like, like Fabio, the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> the deep voice it's this ele- it's this elegant set that's there and it's it's out of it's out of all the scenarios that in the marquee the sod scenario it's 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 it's, ve- it's very baroque it's very well art directed it, it has almost a Derek Jarman quality to it when they go into sort of the the vampire's kitchen area so mm-hmm. it's all white tile with like with um black grout in it mm-hmm. and there's the character, because you sort of, because when you get stuck into the waxworks, you believe that it's real. Yeah. 
Okay, the twist is if you don't believe it's real, they can't hurt you. Oh. So if you believe that it's real, it's like, so the character from this contemporary time finds her quote-unquote boyfriend down there, almost eaten half to death. Now, these are the sort of sequences that were cut down to get the R-rated version, Mm -hmm. but if you can get the uncut version, when I think it's readily available, and I believe that's the version on on DVD, Mm -hmm. you get to see the full goriness of the sequence, like them picking off pieces of the leg and the the vampire is eating it. And uh, the great feasting sequence at the beginning where they're eating raw, raw meat and blood and the costuming is just is very, very elegant. So, and I was a, I was has always been a big fan of this, and you'd and you'd meet some you'd meet horror fans back in the, back in the day, and mm-hmm. I just I actually just previewed um, the first and, and second one, and we'll talk about the the, the, the second one uh, a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, a little bit later is that some people have not seen Waxworks, and when I've described it to them, and it's like it's like sounds a lot like cabin of the woods not to think that they've watched waxworks because again like who's seen waxworks came out in 1988 i i vaguely remember seeing the the box art on a video store that i used to go to and if it was 1988 i was seven years old so i remember seeing waxwork and being kind of scared of it because of its vivid box art but the movie does not i i can't say i've seen it yes and uh anthony hickok as a director uh during uh during his sort of reign in the 80s and 90s of uh of genre cinema Mm -hmm. would make these kind of films it's like they were low budget films they were more sophisticated than what charles band's company was putting out with with, with With full moon moon, yeah but they they had some sort of that quality and that they had a monster party sort of quality and that there was a lot of monsters in the films and definitely dealt Mm -hmm. with sort of creature things. Not necessarily the mini creatures because, of course, Charles Band is known for his tiny little creatures like ghoulies and subspecies. Uh, Doll Man and uh, Killer Toys, Puppet Master. Exactly. So he's known for his his small creatures. Mm -hmm. And and Waxworks is great, but, of course, because it's made sort of in the, in, in, in the late 80s and it's sort of that cycle. It's like, it's not, it's more sophisticated than Charles Band work, but it's not truly sophisticated like the sort of genre stuff that, that, that we're working today. Yeah, the, jo- the genre-defining stuff. It's Or things like Company with Wolves, okay. which also has like a fairy tale quality. I think the look and feel for a lot of the sequences they're trying to do, like the werewolf sequences, have sort of a fairy tale quality. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's, there's a slight lack of artistry to his work. Uh, but, this but is uh, Hitchcock. Um, but, but it's endearing mm-hmm. because everything that 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 I've seen or the one the ones that I'm going to talk about, it's like he's trying new things. Mm-hmm. He's working to the limits of his budget. Yeah. And to me, they're very memorable, and I and I like to show people for that because every everything back in the day, it's like you know you're rehash. It's trying to it tries to. You think about it and you go like, oh, this reminds me of this. This reminds me of that. Like when I think about Waxworks, it's like. It doesn't remind me of Bucket of Blood. It doesn't remind me of House of Wax. It's, it's, it's distinct and it's unique. They've taken all these ideas, you know, the zombie, the werewolf, the vampire, and they've somehow been able to carve out their own entry into these storied character histories. And it speaks about his love of horror and his love of monsters as probably a monster kid. Yeah. And and the the audience who's sort of starving for that stuff back in the day because that was before the internet. Mm-hmm. That was you know you ha- you were lucky enough to be close to a weekend of horror conventions or a chiller convention to really get your your genre on. Yeah. So this was a place where you can experience your werewolves and your zombies. I mean, because the zombie reference in the film is not just your Return of the Living Dead zombies, your color zombies. It's referencing Romero's Night of the Living Dead. So when Zach Galligan's character is pushed in to the zombie diorama yeah it's black and white oh cool 1950s and 60s zombies yeah and kind of like and it's not necessarily romero because it's black and white but the zombies are from from the 50s and not necessarily the 60s so it's like teeny bopper sci-fi 50s thing Mm -hmm. so again it's it's not like these films today that go like i really love this I really love the 80s. I really love these monsters. I'm going to copy directly from this. There's a level of interpretation uh, to his work. Even the even the werewolf design 
It reminds me of the howling, but it's not a hundred percent the howling because yeah. like it has a long snout, it has a long ears, mm-hmm. but it's not taking place in contemporary time like the howling. It's generally sort of um, you know the the old woodsman in the woods back in the day. Yeah, it's it's definitely a period piece that they're trying to tell the gypsy but, curse and all that. Yeah, but with but with that makeup, so you're yeah. so, so so you're definitely in lawn Cherokee territory. But this is not in black and white. It's, it's color. It's not the wolf man. It's it's the werewolf that we sort of associate with the term these days exactly so he's 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 very good at this hybridiz- hybridization and sort of mixing mixing things together that i think works uh works very well so it sounds like waxwork is should be seen i mean you mentioned it doesn't really so much have a plot but it's a collection of wonderful sequences dealing with these kind of monsters and offering a a unique perspective on them is that correct it, it it is because what it, it's kind of following a slasher a slasher plot because of course a slasher plot is a body count movie but instead yeah. of having bodies that just disappear the bodies are becoming part of the part of the waxworks until you sort of come to the end yeah and of course you're gonna, you're gonna gather all the gather all the souls and of course all hell's gonna break loose yeah and you have like your giant monster party again mm-hmm. cobra monster yeah you'll see the Audrey too oh Audrey. Exactly. So it's like, and this is like before people were really making those those references. Oh, so it, to, to it, all the other genres. So it was kind of a love letter to horror in, it is, in a time it is. before love letters were commonplace. Yeah, and 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 the love letter has his own stamp. Yeah. And his own personality, a part of it, mm-hmm. and it and is not and is not a cover band or a mixtape. And I felt like sort of he added to the genre when he was sort of referencing these things yeah. because it's Audrey, but it's not Audrey. It's the it's alive baby, but it's not the it's alive baby because there's other things sort of uh, sort of attached to that. Yeah. I would say his his contemporary version, though probably much more polished, is Danny Boyle. Yeah. The way that he did sort of dog soldiers and sunshine because mm-hmm. sunshine is a hybridization of of science fiction, but also the slasher mythos in, yeah. in the film. And Dog Soldiers looks like um, looks like looks like the movie Gothic plus a, a werewolf film plus Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah. you have like Toby Hooper, mm-hmm. Ken Russell, and then name any kind of werewolf film influence in your in your film, and then an army film. So he's putting a, a, a lot of a lot of stuff together, and also you know Neil Marshall's Doomsday yeah. is sort of another film that that comes to mind that nobody liked, which I'm a, I'm a huge fan of because that's also part of the contemporary cycle of blending everything that you love together that's kind mm-hmm. of on the shelf. Yeah. But again, that that that's looking back because that's blending. And I and I actually got I was at the IFC Center. Um, one of my gigs was to do a, a live Q and A mm-hmm. for a sword and sorcery film, and I asked him about Doomsday. I said to me, it felt like you took everything that was on the VHS self and kind of fused it together and he goes like well of course that's that, that's what I did but again when Waxworks came out that was during the heyday of VHS yeah so he's referencing things that are in his memory and things that you could watch on channel 11 or in the movies it wasn't an, an ironic thing it wasn't something that I the nostalgia for old media no it was a sincere contemporary thought I would say definitely check out Waxworks if possible that and its uh, and its sequel, which we get to uh, get to uh, hopefully soon, will uh, are available both on uh, both on DVD together. Oh, nice double pack. Well, cool. So definitely uh, another another one wonderful recommendation for all those who do love horror should definitely go out and check out Waxworks. Cool. Well, thank you, Heather. I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> 45 let's go imagine if you will an exhibit in fear looks a little spooky boys you think we should do this a place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies Ooh, scary. your fascination with ghosts monsters and the many unearthly elements of the supernatural welcome to the vetsmark look at this Killer. Enjoy. Wow, the glasses from Nutty Zombies from Hell. Lose yourself in it. Do you like a closer look? Really? But whatever you do, don't step over the rope. Welcome, my dear. We thought you were too tired to join us. Alright, I'm hypnotized. Hey, not so fast. Ah! Relax! 
cup of coffee, we'll talk about it. I want out of here, Sarah. I'm serious. Getting scared? Do I get a pretty woman in my illusion? No. No, I get a dork. It isn't real. Hello? What the hell did you kill him for? He'd have been perfect. Strong Pictures welcomes you into a new dimension in terror. Waxwork. Hi, this is Phil Pattison, producer and co-creator of Night of the Living Dead Live, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus.
That was Zombie Zanagogo and Dr. Devious, following Tony Miracle's Ode to Peter Lorre. Ah, so what are you up to this weekend, listener? I've got some work to do in preparation for the shows for the rest of the month. Long-time listeners know that we're coming up to when we look back at all the music that has come out in the first six months of the year. Plus, next Friday is a special occasion that requires some precise celebration, as it's going to be the only Friday the 13th in the entire year. I am sincerely shocked by that. I'm also hoping we can find enough holiday music without having to go back and dig into our prior episodes. But I think we can. Uh, But I can't really talk too much about it until next week. And I won't talk too much more. So let's get back to the music. Here now. These guys are going to be playing with Ghoul Town tonight at the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill in Dallas, Texas. It's a free show, so go. <laughs> yeah, go see Ghoul Town and this band, Just Another Monster.
Hello, this is Edward Douglas of Midnight Syndicate, and you are listening to Six Foot Plus. Coffins with a song called Quiffs and Coffins. And before them, Mad Marge and the Stonecutters, Dial Z for Zombie. And that'll wrap up this episode of Six Foot Plus. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thanks for tuning in. Let me know what you think about this episode over on Twitter at Six Foot Plus or shoot me an email, contact at sixfootplus.com. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. And don't forget to read Gravedigger's Local 16, found online at gravediggerslocal.com. It was a bit of a scant episode, but don't you worry. I'll be back next week to talk at you at length about things of great detail and major importance. Or I'll just blather on in between the music. <laughs> Either way, I've got to run. I'm looking over and I think I can see their pitchforks and torches headed this way. That means it's time for me to clock out and head on home. <laughs> yeah. All right. Until next time, dear listener, get home safely. Running down the streets, got no look back at me and saying, there's another bizarre and thankless situation you found us in. Back door, 
the cooks look up a stable as I stagger across the floor. Used to be so brilliant, he's got how come you never told me the goddamn trick? You died the west from the size of the fence. Plus, episode 108. This episode doesn't have a title. This has been Six Foot Plus, a GPL 16 production. To support, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Shivala, Yvonne. Urban Graveyard Lounge music, performed by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Heather Buckley appeared courtesy of Liberty and Prosperity, as well as Blood and Guts. To find out about all the music you heard on this episode, as well as all past episodes and all those important links, go to Six Foot Plus. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com. <laughs>